Today on The Breakdown, it's time to get serious. You know, sometimes we screw around on this show. Sometimes we talk about players who are playing whatever, $10,000 buy-in events, $5,000 buy-in events. Not this time. This time, we are pushing everything to 11 because it's going to be the Sochi Super High Roller Bowl. It's a $250,000 buy-in. We are on the bubble. There are seven players left. So whoever goes out next makes exactly $0.00 but it's a $600,000 bubble. And let's not forget first place, which is not very far away, is $3.6 million. And these aren't just any players. This is a guy who is arguably the best player in the world right now, Stephen Chidwick, against Christoph Vogel saying, the ultimate robot. Man, this is a very weird hand that we are excited to talk about right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I'm pretty sure the ultimate robot is copyrighted by some like FX type yeah. network that had a robot fighting show. That's exactly what I go to when I think of ultimate robot. It's got to be a robot fighting show. It's a great name for a robot fighting show. I'll say that. Yeah. Also, I, I just want one, an ultimate robot. All right. So I would want it to ultimate, make... what's an ultimate robot then? It's a, it's a robot that makes my damn French toast. That's it? <laughs> right? Let's go. Cinnamon <laughs> on that thing right now with some nutmeg, please. But that's all? That's its only function? I don't know. That's its main function. It, maybe it does other stuff. It'd be cool if it did other things too, but I would take the quality French toast robot right now. You know, what is my purpose? You make French toast. Oh, you know? Yeah, cool. I feel like I don't feel like that's going to help you avoid the COVID nineteen, the gaining of the COVID nineteen in quarantine. Why not? French toast every, every day. Every day. Yeah. How is that going to be a problem? That's going to keep me happy and fat. <laughs> yeah, the gaining of the COVID nineteen pounds, buddy. Oh, so when you say the COVID nineteen, you mean like the freshman fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah, Just the nineteen pounds yeah. that I'm going to gain because I've got because the COVID thing is happening. Oh, yeah. There's no really avoiding the COVID-19. I got to tell you, for me anyway, I've already picked up the COVID-10 for sure. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. trying to hold, keep it there and maybe drop up down to like the COVID-8. I've, uh, it's been a little rough. I've kept way. myself in the dark. I've decided not to know. I haven't weighed myself oh, since quarantine. My, I've been weighing myself a lot. And uh, oh, yeah, it's, some of those numbers are stark. <laughs> stark. <laughs> but I've, I can get it back. I can get back to it, you know, whenever I'm ready. I'm just not ready. I need the sugar, man. I got to have the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got the chids and the vogues, man. Two uh, super users, basically, of poker. I mean, seriously, Stephen Chidwick feels like he is the guy who is built to beat all the guys. You know, like all the great players, his game is designed to beat them. And everyone else, it feels like, isn't really designed exactly that way. It's designed to beat everyone and can play really well against the good players. And it feels like Chidwick just, he's like, I'm just going to crush all the elite players because i'm going to do things that they hate constantly i think sam greenwood does that a little bit too that's probably true i think i think chidwick does more moves more of the time and puts more pressure on people than probably anyone else doing it in a thoughtful way i should say you know what about like, alex foxen i feel like foxen is more maybe i'm wrong maybe i just haven't seen enough foxen hands but i think of foxen as being a guy who is 
I guess, you know what? I'm probably just mixing it all together, really. Like, I think of Fox News being a guy who's like a little stationy, but I guess they're all a little stationy at this point, right? You kind of have to be stationy. I mean, the last there. 10 we did with Alex Fox, and it was when he rivered a set on a four straight board and in like a huge money spot in a super high roller and went for like 70% of the pot for value. Like, that is absurd stuff that people don't usually do. I think Foxen is, is in that conversation of trying to do stuff the good players mm. don't expect. Yeah. And I, and I will say like, I was watching a, a super high roller bowl final table where they were already in the money, but Justin Bonomo opened and Eric said, I'll call the two sevens and the flop was five, five deuce and Bonomo continued with the nine tenant clubs and uh, no back doors even. And uh, so I will call the turn was a seven Bonomo bets again, side all calls. Bonomo's got half a pot left. The river's a brick. Bonomo, you know, takes a shot and, uh, and bets all but 5,000 chips, which is less than, he has less than an ante. Of course, Seidel raises and Bonomo has to make the fold with, you know, the smallest denomination chip possible. And they actually put up in front of him, Justin Bonomo, zero big blinds. He was still <laughs> in the tournament, which I've never seen before. Um, <laughs> But um, so he's pretty aggressive too. So I, maybe these, maybe I'm being a little. I feel like whenever I look up, I'm seeing Stevie Chidwick make these insane like raises on the river. He never seems to have it, and people fold every time, even the really good players. That's what I feel like. Every Stevie Chidwick can is like that. Not this one though, which is weird because if you went by appearance, I would instead of putting Stevie Chidwick on hyper aggressive poker player, I'd put him on like guy who dropped out of Harvard because he was like this he felt like capitalism wasn't right for him and moved to like the hills of Japan and became a monk. Wow. That is weird. I would put him on like guy who dropped out of high school and stands around the, the quickie Mart smoking cigarettes all day, but whatever. Quickie Mart is fictional. So yeah. So is this whole scenario we're both putting, you know, no, no, mine, mine actually might happen still. He could still (laughs) do it, but there are no quickie marts. I'm always surprised whenever Steven Chubbuck talks as I expect him to be American. And he is very much not. So, yeah. Anyway, same is, thing with uh, Vogelsang. <laughs> Vogelsang. That's, yeah. that's not true. I mean, he's a wonderful guy, German man. Vogelsang's wearing like six scarfs at once at all times. He's clearly European. He has a like a prop bet about scarfs, though, right? It's like, Maybe. Can you wear this many scarfs for this long without dying? <laughs> <laughs> and if you can, you get paid a little something, something. They like the scarves. Rainer Kempe always with the scarf. Um, Ola Shemian. Often. I think they're. I think they're really concerned about uh, their throat giving stuff away. Yeah, I think that's got to be what's going on, right? And it's also nice because then, if you want, you can cover your mouth pretty easily with it. It's also good in case it gets cold. For stuff, I suppose. Yeah. So are lots of other things though, like a hoodie. But I think they're. I think they're really concerned that the the elite players are are getting towels off their throats, and so that's what's going on with this from course. swallows and heartbeats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. All right. So let's, let's, uh, cause we've gotten a field as we often do. Let's, yes. let's rehash out the scenario here because it's a very serious scenario. As you mentioned earlier, it really, it really is, man. It's this is a 600 K bubble, a 600 K bubble with 3.6 million on top. So bubbling is painful, very painful. No, it doesn't matter who you are. That's going to hurt. Gotta, I got to tell you, if I was in this situation where you're seven left, I would play very tight. Oh Yeah. Very, very tight. It would be one of those spots where someone would raise and be like, I don't know if I want to see Kings here, you know? Like, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. I kind of just don't want to get coolered here, you know? Like, 600K, you know? 
So. Right. Or like if you have 15 blinds and you have Kings, you're like, well, I'm going right. to show up and I'm going to call by East Jack. And I just don't want that. I just don't right. want that scenario right now. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't feel that way to these guys, but we all know what a bubble feels like. And uh, it's, this is a bigger bubble than normal, even for these guys. This is, they don't play that many 250 Ks. This is an extreme version of that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, this hand was suggested by let me win one on Twitter. Let me win one suggested it uh, at two poker guys. We are the number two poker guys. He included a poker go link and told us what time this hand happened. Of course, if a hands on YouTube, that's the preferred place to, to see it. Cause it just operates a little easier uh, on YouTube. You can timestamp it or tell us where it is in the video. That's how we're going to find your hand. We're not going to go searching for it. Yeah. We're not searching the rescue team poker guys. That's uh, the other guys. That's that we... the search and rescue team poker guys. They're at three poker guys. Yeah. You can tweet at them if you want. Yeah. Never include a link or a timestamp with them. Just tweet like, I want you to do the hand. And they'll be like, we'll figure it out. That's our brand, man. We go, we figure it out. We, we find the hand and we do the hand. Yeah. So not us. We don't find the hand. We just do the hand. We just do the hand. So let's do the hand. Yeah. The one, the guy who's at one poker guy doesn't find or do hands. No. You got to send him hands and then he doesn't do anything with it. He them. actually exists uh, in a plane where there's only one dimension. So. Really, one dimension that's yeah. extra rough. Two dimensions is tough enough. Yeah, one dimension. God, everything I would is, not enjoy that. Everything is nothingness, and nothingness is everything. You know, I would, I would really struggle if I was only in one dimension. I struggle in three dimensions, in fairness, but one dimension feels like wow. I feel like maybe you could do well in two, like three feels like a little bit too much for you. Yeah, sometimes. it's a responsibility I'm not really up for, <laughs> honestly. You're tripping over those three dimensional rocks and stuff. I feel like I should either be like. I'm either like, you know, too soon or too late. I need to be two dimensions or like four or five dimensions. Like, let me move through time. I think I'll be good. But otherwise, this, yeah, I need to be like just flat on paper moving around. Like, I can't, I can't, you know, move through space and time. It's not working for me. It's bad. I'm dangerous to myself and others. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Anyway, let's get to the hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been cooped up for over a month yep. now. So it's coronavirus. Podcasting. All right, so we are... We are in the 600K bubble, and, and Stephen Chidwick is at risk here. It's a 30K big blind, and he's got 570K to start the hand. He's on the button, folds to him. He's got ace six off, ace of hearts, six of clubs. Despite the scenario, this is a mandatory open, right? I think so. Hey, do we know what the other stack sizes are in, on the bubble here? Because that would matter. Uh, let's see. I can get maybe an approximation of that. that. That would be really helpful for sure. He's certainly um, one of the short stacks. I know Timothy Adams has a really big stack. I know Vogelsang is starting his hand with 1.8 million. Right, so Vogelsang has, yeah, a whole bunch of blinds. He's got 60 blinds. Yep. Should work uh, with 19, of course, to start the hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it here. Okay. Well, so yeah, so he's got ace of hearts, six of clubs. He's open to 75K. So he goes two and a half X, which is, I think, my guess is it's a little bigger than he would normally do. And probably because we're on the bubble specifically, and he's just probably sizes it up slightly in these spots is my guess without knowing because I haven't talked maybe to him. Or maybe he's just sizing it like that all the time. Maybe he is. Maybe for the button specifically, he sizes it a little bigger because people are going to play back slightly less because it's cost more. All right. He is the short stack. Okay. Is there anyone else with a similar stack that we are aware of? There is a stack of 700K. Okay. So. Great. Okay. So he can afford to play a little bit more loosey-goosey, but not really with the 700K guy too. They're both sort of staring at each other and everyone else is like, let's go, please someone bust. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, 
Chidsy Boy. He's going to open. I think he's going to like that nickname, right? Chidsy Boy. Oh yeah. Okay. Of course he does. Because he's British. <laughs> That's exactly why he'll like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can't you imagine a British guy whose nickname is Chidsy Boy? <laughs> no. No, but it's cool. I can't really imagine Stephen Chidwick, you know, having dropped out of Harvard and doing all the things you were saying instead of just like, you know, sucking down Mountain Dews outside the uh, the shop and save. See, this know? is this is why we will never be as good as three poker guys because you don't have the vision. That's why you don't have the heart. <laughs> they're willing to look. To, you don't have to say anything, and they're willing to find a hand. You are, I don't have you the are, heart. You don't have that that You're drive. Right. You're right. So of course we can't be as good as them. We're both. We're both been found wanting we're wildly deficient <laughs> anyway so <laughs> so chidwick opens a six off 75k small blind folds vogel saying as i said has 1.8 million so like you mentioned 60 blinds in the big blind he's got ace jack off ace of diamonds jack of hearts this feels like he could really easily just shove on steven chidwick and maybe the range that calls him isn't amazing for ace jack in this exact scenario still oh, it's not it's bad still i feel like it, it feels like i would default towards a shove here the only way, the only reason not to shove that I can think of is if we feel like, if we've noticed that Shirwick is actually tightening up pretty significantly because of the situation, because he is one of two short stacks. And so we actually think he's got a tighter range than normal. Even so, like, what are we, like, he's going to open a bunch of suited aces and like ace 10 and ace nine and small pocket pairs and stuff is maybe he's just going to shove those things. Actually. I mean, he's got to open hands like King 10 and stuff still. Right. Like I think he has to Jack 10. He's got to open is, that. Is maybe is Vogel saying maybe thinking that, that Chidwick's going to shove all the stuff he doesn't want to um, be in a tough spot with. He can just shove those and it's, it's okay to shove those hands. Like King 10, you is actually an okay shove there for it's, maybe, it's a lot, maybe but you can do it. You're asking these questions because you're aware that Vogel saying calls, by the way, which is... Yeah, that's right. Because, because to me, it seems like, yes, a very easy put them all in spot. Like, think about, think about the range that's... Now, the range that calls you has got you in complete and utter, you know, stranded island. You're stranded on an island with no food or water or companionship or vegetation. But, well, that seems like I feel like or, you went too far with that because it's sand. not <laughs> like ace jack off. It can get called by hands that it's okay against. It can get called by a lot of pocket pairs that it's okay against. It can maybe get called by ace ten king queen suited is a possibility. You think Chidwick's going to call off with ace ten here in this spot? I don't I know, don't maybe not. So. I don't believe so. I think Chidwick's going to probably fold two eights here a lot. I think Chidwick's probably not going to play two eights like this though. I think he's probably just going to move in with two eights, so he's not in the spot where he has to fold them. Is my guess. Um, but if he's got two eights and he's opening here, I think he's probably going to throw them away rather than being a flip for 600 K when there's another short stack right there is my guess. I don't know. Now, he's maybe he's made Reaper. of money so much. He doesn't care. He's the slim Reaper, man. He does what he wants. Yeah. But I'm saying, I'm thinking what he might want to do is, you know, think discretion is the better part of valor and, uh, and fold a lot of hands here. I don't think you're ever getting called by King queen or ACE 10. I don't know what's happening with two nines and two tens here. I don't know that he's auto calling with those hands in this exact situation. Well, if you're Maybe right just, about that, what'd you say? If you're right about that, then that would be the reason Vogel saying is just calling. That would be the major reason. What do you mean? Oh, if, because he's going to move in with them instead. Preflop. You mean? No, because if, if Vogel saying believes that Chidwick is only calling with hands that have Vogel saying in jail, then there's not a ton of value of moving in with a hand like ace Jack versus a hand like ace deuce, which, Oh, okay. I, That's fair. Yeah. I was gonna say I disagree pretty strongly with there's not a ton of value though. Like as long as the as long as the Slim Reaper, Stephen Chidwick, is opening 
a reasonable percentage of hands here. If he's folding almost all of them, it's fine to move with ace jack. We've got significant blockers. And when called, we we have, you know, an overcard at least. But it's similar. It is similar to ace deuce in that way. I'll grant you. Um, but like ace, there's there's five blinds just sitting out there. Like, no, I know. But if you're gonna pretty decide, good. if you're gonna decide to just call with some hands because you because you're slightly worried about the yeah. range that might call if you shove. Ace Jack is a hand that plays a lot better post flop than a hand like Chidwick's hand, like Ace Six Off, where you could shove that right. and be like, "Well, if I get called, I usually have twenty seven percent equity at least, you know." And right, that's okay. And Fair I have point. a blocker. Yeah, Ace Ace Jack is a is a pretty nice hand that in some ways plays similar to like Queen Jack suited here. Maybe is your point, right? Where yeah. like, let's see a flop with this hand, and uh, it's sort of surprisingly good, and that's not so bad. Ace Jack is. Yeah. So also, yeah, it's an interesting point. We're also at a point in poker strategy timeline history where it feels like the prevailing theory of many of the good players is like almost never raise out of the big blind when somebody opens on your big blind and nobody else is called. I feel like there's like a lot fewer raises out of the big blind than there used to be. While I agree with that, when someone has a 20 blind stack, yeah. you're going to see a lot more move-ins from the big blind, right? True. Against that. But otherwise, I agree with you for sure. Like the huge amount of calling. I call so much in the big blind, more than three bet with really strong hands a lot as a result, you know? Yeah. Against, against good players. I mean, like against players yeah. you can exploit, like you want to inflate the pot if you, they're calling stations and you have a good hand, obviously. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I mean, yeah. Anyway, here we are. He just he calls. Can. So we've got ace six off for Chidwick on the button and ace Jack off for Vogelsang in the big blind pots, 195 K the, my notes say the glop is king of hearts, deuce of diamonds, five of spades. So that's interesting glop, right? I mean, what is glop? If you really think about it. <laughs> glop is flop, and uh, this is a this is a board where you pretty much know what's going to happen, right? Like Chidwick yeah. is going to continue on this board, and unless it's huge, Vogelsang is going to have to make a call that he doesn't like making. That seems about right. I mean, Chidwick can blow him off with a big hand. The thing that sucks about deciding to call Chidwick's flop bet because we're assuming Chidwick's going to bet, and we're assuming, uh, like you're saying, as Vogelsang, we have to call most of them is that Chidwick is not a guy to slow down very much. Maybe in this exact spot, he's more willing to slow down, though. So I guess if, as long as it's small enough, we're just going to be obligated to call anyway with ace-jack. It's just way too good. Right. I mean, our big blind just calling range and this board, king-deuce-five rainbow, ace-jack is too high to fold against a good player in the yeah. distribution. We have backdoors, and we've got ace-jack, which is often good anyway. And I mean, it's going to depend on size. But as it turns out, Chidwick makes it really easy because he bets tiny. Right. So Vogelsang does check, which you would expect. Yeah. And Chidwick does bet 40K into 195. It is a yeah. very, very small bet, like a fifth of the pot. So do you think this is just because the board is so dry and he has such a heavy range advantage that he feels like this, this sizing is going to be effective? I think he's trying to fold out, yeah, like just a lot of hands that have a little bit of equity against him and might bluff him later, but will just go away right now. Like 8-9, Jack-10 you know, seven, eight, right. Cause stuff like that. So this, this bet is basically a hundred percent equity denial. Cause you wouldn't expect Vogelsang to fold a seven either for this size, right? No. So it's not, correct. this is not a bluff at all. It's not a value bet really either. So it's yeah. just equity denial. He could check back and decide to play bluff catcher later. If he wants to, that's another but option. A, what, what do you think? It's a tough game to do when you've got 19 blinds and, and Vogelsang can just basically effectively move you in if he wants by the river can get it bet big and bet big again and put you in just this horrible situation ICM wise. Right. I think this is mostly about not getting bluffed on the turn 
by a bunch of hands. So by betting tiny here, you get to fold out some of those crap, the crappiest hands that may feel obligated to try and bluff you if you check. Yeah. Because if you check, I mean, you usually don't have a king, usually, and it's going to be hard to call down without at least a king if, you know, all the chips go in or most of the chips go in by the, by the river in terms of your stack, right, as, um, as Chidwick. So I think I, I like the bet. I, I, I like the sizing. I don't think if he, if he makes it a little bit bigger, he might fold out a little bit more, but I've seen Chidwick continue just a lot. So he could decide to bet again on the turn. He this could. is a board that's good for his range. Yeah, so I, I guess the bet serves two functions, equity denial and kind of making the hand a bit easier to play for Chidwick down the line. Yeah, I like it. Vogel saying does call. I suppose yeah. he could raise, but that seems like a bad idea on this board. I just don't know why we would, right? Like sometimes we're going to call, it's going to get, and everything's going to shut down and we're just going to check it all the way down and win. Sometimes we're going to improve. Sometimes we're going to bluff catch later. But a raise feels like not a game theory disaster, but not too far away from it, right? Yeah. So just yeah. why do we need to do that? We don't need to risk many chips here. It's a blind. It's a blind and a third of a blind. You know, 1.3 blinds, a call, like whatever. Getting a great price. Just do it. Just do it. And he Be does. man. Call. You, you bullied him into it. Vogelsang does call. I guess yeah. he's afraid of you. The ultimate robot gets bullied again by me. Make me some damn French toast, Vogelsang. Like that. If you are bullying the ultimate robot, does that make you the ultimate robot? Makes me the... Maybe. Oh, interesting. I think I have to kill the ultimate robot to become the ultimate robot. I don't think bullying him is enough. Or what if you just turn him into a little wimpy robot through hmm. your actions? Interesting. I don't know. I think I have to kill him. I <laughs> okay. think I actually have to end his life. Otherwise, yeah, it just doesn't really... Like, technically, like, officially. Like, we could sort of look at me and know I was the ultimate robot. We would all know that. But it's not yeah. the same. As, you know, in Wikipedia, if you look it up, it's not going to say my name unless I choke the life out of him because he didn't make my French toast with enough nutmeg, you know? Okay. Anyway, if you don't want to fight Jonathan for the title of ultimate robot, you should probably get on nitrogen sports poker. You know what I'm saying? That is a really good point and well said. And by the way, a fabulous transition. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So if you use the link in the description of this podcast, you get access to our exclusive poker guys tournament that happens at the end of every month. It is a 0.1 millibit buy-in with a hundred millibits guaranteed. We never really get anywhere near the amount of players we need to match that guarantee. In fact, it's not even set up to allow for that many players. <laughs> it's so, so weird. It, there's always an overlay. There's a guaranteed overlay. It's a pretty damn good deal, but we got other news about nitrogen as well, which is that we're running our special PDX Meadows tournament series there. We did it uh, last week. We liked it. So we're doing it again. Uh, we've been running it. It's every day. We have a Pacific time, noon and 7 p.m. tournament. They're buy-ins of you know, 40 to $125. We've been having a lot of fun playing them. Excellent structures, by the way. Excellent structures. Cool. Insanely good. Like the, the weekend noon tournaments, the weekend uh, Pacific time tournaments, so Saturdays and Sundays, it's, the structures are honestly like playing a World Series event because there are 30-minute levels, which you just never will see online ever. Right. It's crazy. It's great. Yeah, it's great. There's a, there's a ton of play. You get, it's, it's really fun to play. And of course, if you win one of these events, by the way, the first Saturday that we ran it, first place was the equivalent of about $3,000. If, yep. you, if, you, if you win that, you get it out real quick because Nitrogen doesn't mess around with your money. They give it to you in 90 minutes. No BS. Indeed. In fact, we're actually going to make a, uh, a video that's going to be coming out kind of soon about me playing this first, the first one of these Saturday tournaments because I finished in the top three. 
and made some nice money. And so did you get third or second or first? I finished third. Yeah, no, no shit. You said you finished in the top three. Well, first. I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't want to you know, spoil it. <laughs> no, it's spoiled. But, yeah. Anyway, so also, if you want to, yeah, so you should check that video out. We're also going to make another video about uh, another one of those nitrogen tournaments, one of the weekday noons that I actually won. So we're going to mm. talk about that one in a future video. So you finished in the top three as well. We both. Finished I, I in did the top finish three in the top three. three. <laughs> those videos are going to be called Tourney Journey, by the way. Yeah, pretty sweet. Grant came, came up, up with, with that. I'm very. I'm very ashamed of it, I think, but also proud. Yeah, that sounds right. And that's how I would feel if I was Christoph Vogelsang's parents. I'm kidding. I would be very proud of him. Let's wow. see what he does next. So the pot is too... The pot is too hold, on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Okay. Okay, quick, quick uh, scene. Okay. Uh, you be Christoph Vogelsang's parents. I'll be Christoph Vogelsang telling you I've decided to become a professional poker player. And okay. action. Mama, Papa, <laughs> I have thought very much about it. I think decided. this is offensive. Engineering <laughs> is not for me. I want to play cards for life, for living, uh, for money. But all of your ancestors make stew, Christoph. You will be a stew maker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you really went to stew, huh? Yeah. Um, and scene. All right. Great job. Great job, everybody. And there was no resolution. Christoph just left. <laughs> they, they sounded disappointed. They don't talk anymore <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. So anyway, the turn. Yeah. So yeah, we've been in uh, quarantine. So the turn, <laughs> the turn is the ace of spades. The pot is 275K. The flop was king of hearts, deuce of diamonds, five of spades. We've both now got top pair here. Vogelsang with ace jack and Chidrick with ace six. Ace of Spades turn. Yeah, that's right. So, so like, bingo. There doesn't seem to be much to discuss as far as Vogel saying donking. That would feel like a weird decision, right? It would seem super bizarre. Super bizarre. A lot of the time, uh, Chidwick isn't going to have anything here. And if we donk, he's going to fold. <laughs> but if we check, he's often going to rep this card. So it seems insane to do anything but check here. Yep. That summarizes it perfectly. If Chidwick has jacks, queens, or a king, he's going to check back. But so many other things, he's not going to. So Right. If he has jack-10 suited, he's going to bet. Hell yeah, he is. All right. So what do you think about a-, a six, though? Should Chidwick bet this hand? Wow. It's super close. Okay. So here's the reasons to bet this hand. The main reason, I think, is that Chidwick would bluff this card almost 100% of the time. So that yeah. means... When Vogelsang has kind of any pair at all, he may feel obligated to call the turn. So I don't hate a bet here at all because it balances like our massive amount of bluffs. Like we're not going to have good enough frequencies anyway, probably in this spot where we're in the high roller and we're on the bubble and all that. But I think we probably should bet. I understand the case for checking back for sure. When we check back now, it looks like we have a king right? Or Queens or something or a showdown will hand for sure. And it's going to be hard to get value on the river. A lot of the time. Um, I think betting is probably the way to get the most value. It's, it's risky. Turns out we'll be in a lot of trouble this time, but it, it's risky because, uh, you know, we can be valuing ourselves. I think we have to fold if we get raised, but I think we should probably bet because we're going to fire so, so, so often on this turn as a bluff. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, against, a a bad player, which, you know, we're not in, right. in Christoph focusing, but if I'm playing in a tournament that I typically play in $300 buy-in and I'm against a player who I don't respect very much, I'm probably Auto not betting. 
with this hand in this spot because I, I just feel like the outcomes are not in my favor. I agree a hundred percent. I think this is opponent dependent and against most of the world, this is a check against the elite players who really understand what's going on. This is a pretty clear bet. I think clear is maybe strong. I think it's a bet though. I definitely lean strongly towards the bet. Yeah. And I don't think just against elite players, but players that you think like have a, have a good thought process and understand okay. ranges You're and right. frequencies and stuff like that. You're totally right. I I'm overstating it there. Um, but like a, a legit pro type player. How about yeah. that? It doesn't have, you don't have to be like, you know, a crusher, but you have to be like, you know, you have to crush your local thing, whatever you do, probably. You know, right. Like, like a, uh, a person who can make a living playing two five. Absolutely. That's yeah. a person I would consider betting against here for yeah. sure. Good. Right. So he does. Chidwick does bet 90 K. It's a very small bet into 275. He's once again, like, it's pretty interesting. This is, this is the sizing he really might choose as a bluff also, because he doesn't need to go very big. He should be able to fold out a five or a deuce at least sometimes in theory, right? If he's bluffing. Yeah. Um, he should get called by a king. Absolutely. He might get called by a five or a deuce anyway. Yeah. Um, which in this case is good. He's, he's pricing them into call, especially against the ultimate robot who's going to be more price sensitive than some of the other players, right? Who's very much about the math of it all, Vogel saying. I like this bet. I'm down with this bet. All right. Well, it does. Sign me up. 90K. Vogel saying he has two options here. He could call yeah. with stack the pot the way it's going to be. He could also effectively shove. How much is Stevie going to have after this? Like right now, how much does he have back? So he bets 75 and then 40 and then 90. So like 200. So he's going to have like 360 K or something like that. Yep. And there will be, well, I didn't write down the pot on the river, but there will be an amount of, of chips in the pot on the river. There will be like 455K. Okay, so it's so, yeah, you're right. He could move in. Um, it's hard to imagine that many really great scenarios happening when you move in here, as Vogel's saying, right? We get called by a worse ace is like the only good scenario because I think a king is folding. Yeah, I think so too. I think a six is folding. I would be bet folding this 100% if I was Chidwick here. Yep. Um, so I guess the real question is, are we, be- are we calling if we have ace 10? As Chidwick? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, we better these, not raise. These are good points to make it sound like a call is better. Yeah. Like, let's keep his range as wide as possible. Let's give him at least the option to bluff the river. It seems hard to get value no matter what we do at this point, um, if we're ahead. But it's Chidwick. He's the guy who will show up with surprising hands at times and put a lot of chips in no matter what. I say, let's give him all the rope we can possibly yeah. give him. Calling is fine. As a range thing, maybe you could make an argument for shoving because we are underrepped and we have like a pretty good hand compared to the rest of our range. But I think we have enough hands that we can raise. Like we have three, four, which is a straight. We have deuce five suited, king deuce suited, king five suited. I don't know if we have those unsuited or not. We the have aces up. Yeah, all the aces up except for ace king probably. Yeah. So we probably have enough hands that we can raise that we don't need to raise this hand. Right. I mean, if we can't think of hands that can call us when we raise that we want to call us, we probably shouldn't raise almost no matter what, even like yep. forgetting about the range stuff and the frequency stuff. But it's possible Vogelstein's thinking about the frequency stuff a lot. He usually is, I think. Um, but I think, I think this is, he just is forced to call here. And Hope Chidwick bluffs the river, basically. Yep. Basically. Well, yeah. pot's now cool. 455K. So, okay. you know, Jidwick's got less than a pot back. Yeah. 
The river is the seven of hearts. So close. Almost <laughs> a six. So close. Vogel saying checks as expected. Yes. He's like, go ahead, baby. Fire away. Do it. And here's the decision that makes this the, a breakdown hand. Chidwick is going to bet. Yeah, that's interesting. He's going to bet six. 200K of his about 350K. Wow. He's leaving himself with five blinds back. All right. I have a theory on this. Okay. My theory is that Chidwick, I, this is not a complete theory and it's not a perfect theory, but the Chidwick believes based on preflop range that Vogelsang has a ton of one pair Kings as played and not so many aces that are bigger than Chidwick's and not so many two pairs as played. I mean, it makes sense, right? You think an ace might just move you in preflop period. Yeah, right. a lot of the time, uh, the one pair kings can go down to king three suited and maybe mm-hmm. even king three off. I'm not entirely sure. And that, so that includes a lot of, at least, at least like king eight off, you know? Oh, I think, I think all the kings are calling when he's got this many chips and there's the big blind ante and all that. I think he's calling with every king. Yeah, so in, the, in that case, it seems like, that seems like Vogelsang's most likely holding because of pre-flop and yep. that he checked called the flop. We also don't block a king. We do block an ace. Right. So like the nightmare is king seven, but that's rare. We, yep. That would be too bad. So he's just thinking, okay, I need to go for value because Vogelsang just has so many more one pair kings than he does hands that beat me. And he can consider calling with those one pair kings because I'm supposed to rep this run out. Because I'm Stevie Chidwick and Jonathan made a whole case at the beginning. And I make more moves than anyone, even if it isn't true. Right. Right. So I think that's why he's going for value here. Yep. And I think this would be a terrible play against that unknown bad player that we were talking about on the turn. Like you could oh, never yeah. go for three streets against a, a bad player with this hand in this spot. I mean, against that bad player, you check the turn and hope to get value from a King on the river. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, but usually you don't. And then, or they bet the river and you're like, Oh man, they call with a better ace, but I guess I have to call sometimes because I engineered the spot and I have top pair. So I call and then you lose a lot. Right. I mean, that's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so they had three, four and they made the nuts on the turn. Um, yeah. So, but in this case, it's not insane to bet. You're right. There's a lot more Kings than aces in Vogelsang's range for sure. The question is if we bet 200 K, how many of those Kings are calling? Yeah. And that's really hard to know. I don't know. Yeah. If we're Vogelsang, I mean, do we, if we had, let's say we had a reasonable King here, King 10. Sure. We might even move him in with that preflop, but let's say we have King 10. Guess we may have to call with King 10 on the river. We should, I mean, if we're using distribution, yeah. I, I would I think know. probably because like a lot of the time with, with aces, you'd expect to raise preflop. Now, maybe Vogelsang knows that he's not raising those aces preflop a lot and that changes yeah. things. But yeah. if we think he is raising some of them, then we get to the flop and turn play and we haven't raised. So we don't often have a straight or two pair unless we rivered it. So mm-hmm. that, that puts King 10 pretty high in our distribution. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, we know, though, that we've got some aces here. So that helps us a little bit. Uh, maybe King 10's a call, but I think some of the worst kings are not going to be calls. That may like, be We the can probably case. fold a bunch of the bad kings because now we're losing to aces and kings in a spot where a guy, where Stephen Chidwick is putting himself in real jeopardy to not make the 600K now, you know, where it looks like we have a showdownable hand. Looks like we have a king and we, we can afford to call and be wrong. 
all that kind of stuff matters, I think, right now. And Vogelstang's the guy who is just going to use frequencies and math and all that to decide. Yeah, I mean, the, the bubble aspect of this does make it a little more interesting, too. Yeah. Right? Like, it does make it, it seems, seemingly makes it harder to get called by a king as Chidwick. Yeah. Like, I would expect Chidwick to have less, um, as Vogelstang, I'd expect Chidwick to show up with a few less bluffs here. Because you think at some point he'd just be like, forget it. Like, as someone who was, I remember being on the, the World Series of Poker main event bubble, like, whenever that was, a year and a half ago. And opening the cutoff with A6 suited, getting called by the big blind, firing once on a king high board. I had, like, 16 blinds to start the hand. Firing once on a king high board, getting called. It was, like, king jack four, and just shutting down right away. It's like, I do not want to, like, chop down my stack trying to get this guy off whatever the hell he has. Like, I still have 14 blinds. This is okay. Like, stop just check you know and the guy had jack 10 and i don't know if i would have he would have turned it he turned it open under i don't know if i would have been able to get him off it anyway or not um like who knows but like now i'm not i'm not chidwick right chidwick's been in a million bubble spots for for all this stuff but this is a really big money bubble spot and i think it's reasonable to think he's going to shut down some of the time you know a little bit more than he otherwise would because the bubble matters the stuff matters yeah it does and uh, Vogelsang doesn't have King-10, by the way. It's ace-jack, so he finds the call. Of course he's going to find a call. This is, an, this is a mandatory call, but it can't feel great. Does he call right away, or does he wait a little? Does he think it through? He thinks a little bit, but it's kind of in that way of saving face thinking. Like, I know yeah. this might not be great, but I also have to call. Like, Yeah, like, I absolutely do have to call here, and I can't raise, and I can't fold. So yeah. that's clear. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly does. But now it feels like he can only beat a bluff. Even though oh, it turns absolutely. out he... Maybe ace 10. <laughs> Maybe ace 10 would go bet, bet, bet. But you wouldn't think ace 6 would, would do this very often. Although after, after all the things we said, where it looks like Vogelsang has all these kings, maybe we're just wrong. Yep. I think this is Stevie being elite, right? This is just a cool example of him being elite where it doesn't work out. That is quite possible. Well, that's basically the end of Stephen Chidwick because he's down to five blinds and spoiler alert, he doesn't come back. He does bubble the event. Man, I could, mean, he doesn't, he doesn't bet that 200K on the river. Could change things. Prob, well, I don't know, I shouldn't say probably. He's still going to be the short stack, but he's going to have, you know, 10 blinds instead of five, actually more than 10, almost 12 blinds. That's, he's right there. He can still pull this off. It's so much, he's so much more likely to, to cash. Wow. Yeah. But he was trying to separate himself, I think, from the other short stack by betting that 200K on the river, right? He's, going, he's thinking the other way. He's like, wow, if I get called here and I win, bam, now, I'm, now I move away from that guy and like, Things change for me. Perhaps. But instead, he goes home penniless. Christoph Vogelsang ends up getting second place to Timothy Adams. Vogelsang takes home 2.4 million. Looks like they did not make a deal. They played heads up for 1.2 million and did not make a deal. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Timothy Adams, hardcore. I didn't know he had it in him. He's ready. He's finally here. I just mean to not make a deal with Vogelsang. Well, maybe. Or Timothy Adams, I would think, like, that guy's clearly better than me. Well, maybe Timothy Adams believes that he's better than Vogelsang. I'm sure he does, but, you know. And maybe he's right. We don't really know. I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would be happy. I would put all my money on Vogelsang, man. Wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's not a put down on Timothy Adams. We just haven't seen him play as much. And the, the times we see him play, feels like he's doing things that are a little bit transparent. Now, maybe he's balanced and we don't see that. But compared to Vogelsang, who we know is balanced, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. Well, anyway... That's an interesting attempt at thin value by Chidwick. And I just, I honestly don't know if it's a good idea or not. I still can't tell. Me either. 
Cool. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.